everyone, and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm Callie, your co-host, and of course, I'm with my girl, Elise, Hummingbird Elise. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm like, I'm like a little tired. And you know what? I think part of the reason I'm a little tired is because I haven't changed out of my West Wing sweatshirt for like three and a half days. Maybe that has something to do with it. But like, is anyone actually putting on clothes with buttons on anymore? No. Okay. I literally, I like have a shopping problem and I am like huge into Black Friday and Cyber Monday (laughs) deals. And usually I get like cute, normal clothes and I literally bought like five different colors of the same sweatshirt and like yoga pants and it's just hilarious because my closet is totally different now but I'm here for it and I'm okay with it yeah I mean I have this running joke with our neighbors who we've kind of been like COVID quarantined with and the funny thing is like you know Andrew and I got the virus back in March um in a weird way like almost luckily because it was like it was just so early. It was right when everything was shutting down and he, it was completely unavoidable. Like he was flying back from Europe on a, a film set. So it's like, you know, there was, and that was to, at the point where no one could get a hold of a mask. So like he was going to get infected. We quarantined for two weeks. No one else got it from us. And then, you know, our neighbor is a flight attendant. So that was kind of bound to happen as well. So we've all had it, meaning like we feel safe hanging out together. And so a big deal is whenever I put on a button for them, which means I have jeans on and everyone's like, whoa, look out. You wore a button for us. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) But they're all boys, you know? So they get to like drawstring stuff every day and it's fine. Whereas like if I wear drawstrings, like, ooh, you know, little hobo. That's so funny. I know Carl, I wear like to sleep. I wear like sweatpants and like big, I wear these like vintage t-shirts because they're cool, but I like never actually know the band. And I had like a Van Halen one and I think he he passed away, right? Van Halen passed away. I think so. Oh yeah. Eddie Van Halen, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, so I was like wearing it and it was just funny because everybody who sees me wear them is like, do you even know like a song by them? Do you know like where they're from? I might have no idea, but I like call it like homeless chic is like my style now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. I feel like hopefully I don't, I'm the opposite. I know for the most part older bands, but I don't really know anyone. Like I, I actually guess, you know how Spotify just came out with wrapped and everyone's making fun of everyone else for sharing them, which is like, stop hating. We have nothing else to do. We have nothing else to do, but listen to music. Can everyone just calm down and share your playlist? Cause it's fun. God. <laughs> but anyway, I had a, I had a bet with Andrew. I was like, Oh, I wonder who the most streamed artist of the year is. And I was like, I bet it's like, Taylor Swift, right? Like that's what I can come up with. And (laughs) I looked to see who it was and it was Bad Bunny. And I was like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) I was like, I've never heard of this person in my entire life. And I looked at like the entire list and I was like, how do I not know any of these people? Like, I don't know. I don't know anyone. That's so funny. I've never heard of Bad Bunny either. Yeah. So anyway, that's, um, yeah. But I, I listened to Fleetwood Mac on repeat. I like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're pretty good. Should we get into our sparkle? Yes, we absolutely should. Sparkle time. 
Do you want to go first? Or should I go okay, first? I can go first. Um, so it was my anniversary this week. And just to give like preface, our first, it was our third, third year or like three year or whatever anniversary. And so our first year, I like didn't do anything. I don't know what I was thinking. I just like kind of forgot, didn't do anything. And Andrew did like this whole thing where he like bought, you know, plane tickets. And I didn't know we were where we were going. And then when we got there, it turns out we went to Chicago, like my favorite, favorite city. And by the way, I mean, it was like such, it was so funny because it was such bad weather because our anniversary is like, you know, in the winter. And so we get there and then he had found out that our, like the band that played our song was on tour there. And so we went to see them. And then of course they didn't play our song because that was like bound to happen, but it was so much fun. So he was like a little bit like, what'd you do for me? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I didn't do anything. I'm so bad. So then I was like, I did this on purpose. Like we'll, we'll switch off years. Right. So then year two and year, year one was paper. So I think it was like plane tickets and concert tickets were like, you know, the paper gift year two was cotton. So I ended up doing something with cotton last year and he loved it and whatever. So this year our anniversary was on Wednesday and it's Sunday. And I looked at him and was like, Hey, like not to like nag, but you know, are you going to need help for Wednesday? Like, is there anything you need me to do? Do you even pick up something? And he just looked at me and I was like, <gasps> he was like, what? And I was like, you pre forgot. You forgot our anniversary. And he was like, no, I didn't. No, what? no, I didn't. No. Oh. I was like, you freaking forgot. So I had like a little bit of a, like a kick to be angry about it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes I get this picture in my head of like what a good marriage should look like or what a good husband should do or, or something. And it's almost like I wasn't mad, but something in me was telling me that I needed to be mad. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed this over the years, not just with like relationships with a lot of things like that. I, sh that I'm not upset about something, but I feel like I should be. And it's like the dumbest, most unproductive thing. So I actually kind of like blurted it out to my best friend really quickly. And she, and of course, because years three leather and he was like, uh, 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 and just went on, you know, a cyber Monday sale and got a leather jacket, which I was like a leather jacket. It's so freaking random. But I mean, he did get it for like 75% off. So I was like, good on you. I love a good sale. And I was like, should I be upset about this? And she was like, no like what, like y'all, like y'all caught it. Y'all talked it out. Like you're not, you don't seem upset. Like, why are you forcing this? So mm -hmm. I realized that like, I just think this is a good lesson for me to continue to learn, like stop idolizing things and stop putting that. Like, it's almost like I'm not striving per for perfection, but I'm like so aware that this is the only three year anniversary we're going to have. And then we're going to look back and it's like, that one wasn't, it's, it's like, I have this inescapable pressure for everything to be the way it needs to be. And that's like, so I, I don't know what it is. I think it's my Enneagram type. I'm not sure, but I've noticed that I've been getting so much better at it. So like we had a great anniversary. My leather jacket still has not arrived, which I find freaking hilarious because I gave myself permission to find like, to find it funny. Like it's, it's funny. Oh my God. He fucked up the chicken Parmesan. <laughs> Like, cause he didn't fucking read the directions. And I was like, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> he was like, but I'm trying. And it's like, I feel like five years ago, I would have been mad. And it's yeah. just like, for, for what, you know, like, because it's not perfect. Like yeah. I'm still trying to unpack that and figure out where I got that from, but at least I'm sidestepping it. I like totally resonate with that too. I can, I mean, 
and we've talked about this for, before, Callie, but like you had mentioned that one of your friends like comes up with a list of- This is the same friend. Oh, this is, is the same friend that I talked it out with. Like she is my North star when it comes to this stuff because she's able to normalize everything. She, yeah, I, for when the first, I think year or two that Carl and I were together, I like had those moments where I was like, in my mind, I fantasized about what it would look like. And then if it didn't reach that expectation, I was like, oh my God, we're not meant to be together. Like, you know, totally spiraling. And so now I just like tell Carl what to do. And he's like, yes, ma'am, I got it. You know, and I, I love that, like giving them, you know, direction because for sure needs it. Yeah. And I I mean, a lot of times I realize I don't even know what it is that I want. I just want it to be perfect, but it's like, how the fuck can it be perfect when you don't even know if you want? So my coping technique, like, so Emily, love you, Emily. Shout out to Emily. Emily is the friend that I've been referencing. (laughs) She's so great. And like, I think for you two, like, it's a lot easier for y'all just to be like, this is what I want do it. For me, I don't have that, which makes it even worse. So instead I've learned to cope with humor, right? Like I just, instead of making it a big thing, it's like, I find it hilarious now that he pre-forgot and pre-forgetting is now a word in our relationship. <laughs> like you pre-forgot. I don't care. You freaking forgot. You, you managed to like figure it out because I said something. <laughs> but you know, why can't it just be a funny story? And if, if for me, because I, I don't have the opinions and the actual details in my head about what it is that I'm expecting, which yeah. arguably is worse. It's horrible. No, I feel like when you go into it with that perspective, then you can like be more flexible Mm -hmm. with it. You know, like marriage is a lot. You like constantly have to like show up for someone else and consider what they want and their feelings. And it's just like, and like we change as human beings. Like I think Andrew and I are on shit I think this is year eight because that would make sense I think we got engaged at year five and so we're gonna be together for eight years in January which to me is like weirdly more important like the three-year anniversary to me is like so false because it's like we basically got married like after six months of being together I mean that is the reality so it's really been eight years and he has changed he would never say that he's changed, but he's changed so much. And so have I. And so it's also just about how, like, hopefully we've changed for the better in a lot of areas. Um, and so that, that was my sparkle is like, I didn't throw a fit. Thank God. And I'm growing and catching myself and, you know, which is a huge part of it is catching yourself and being like, you don't have to do this just because your instincts tell you to, Yeah, you can back off and be normal and mature Callie Rogers. I love that. I love that sparkle. I feel okay. like a lot of people will be able to resonate with that. I hope so. And it kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today too. But anyway, before we get to that, Elise, I want to hear yours. Okay. So I saw this quote and this year has been an, probably the hardest year of my life, honestly. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm being serious. If it hasn't been the hardest year of your life, like, woo! I know, honestly. So this year has been like a lot. Just for anybody who's just now tuning in, we've been through obviously a fucking global pandemic. And then we had a, we went through two cycles of IVF. We had two miscarriages. We are quarantined. My husband lost his job. We were supposed to move to Houston. Now we're not moving to Houston. We're living with 
my parents. So just oh my like- god, my husband's unemployed too. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Honestly, I can't relate to the other stuff. It's just, it's been a shit storm. And so mm-hmm. I saw, I honestly, and I know we've talked about this before too, but I like always went through life thinking like life was supposed to be easy. And Carl grew up very differently from mm-hmm. me. So he has this idea of like, life is always hard. So we just have to keep pushing. So that's been a real learning lesson for me. But I saw this quote because because I thought that life was always supposed to be easy when it's not easy. I like turn into like a little bit of a victim and I'm like, Oh my God, like I don't deserve this. Why is this happening to me? And like that way of being does not (laughs) propel me to cope better. It just kind of allows me to like marinate in the sadness and disappointment. So I saw this quote and I like really resonated with it. It says, not all storms come to disrupt your life. Some come to clear a path. And so I really love that because I feel like I've had like a year full of storms and I've really had to like work so hard on just accepting where I'm at and still being able to like choose to be joyful and happy in this season of waiting. And like, I'm also someone who I like, need to have a plan. I need to like figure it the hell out because that alleviates my anxiety. And like with not Carl, not having a job with us, not having a place to live with us, not knowing what our next fertility step is like, that's like me, a disaster waiting to happen for me unraveling the themes. But I'm really proud of myself because I've just kind of like let go. And I've just kind of like really tried to be intentional about like opening my eyes to all of the good things that are happening in front of me instead of like looking at all of the things that did not go. And that kind of ties into what you were talking about, like Mm -hmm. our expectation versus like Mm -hmm. the reality of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm just patting myself on the back because I should have let go. And it's just so much, I just have like zero fucks now. I used to have so many fucks to give. Mm -hmm. And like, now I just, have like maybe one or two, you know? Yeah. You got to keep some, you got to, you know, you got to, you got to have a stand on something. Yeah. I mean, I think it dawned on me that I, I've been feeling this way for a while. I think the moment that someone realizes that life is hard, not necessarily that you become a pessimist, but you just accept the reality that life is hard is the second you become an adult. And I think for people like Carl and, and my husband, Andrew, they became an adult at a really young age. And like, it's, it breaks my heart sometimes thinking about the fact that, you know, Andrew and Carl knew life was hard a really long time ago. And so they became an adult, I think prematurely. And for someone like you, I think you can also like sit here and be, and for me, by the way, it's not like I was 16. I was like, life is hard. Like, I think I was probably, I think I was 21 when I realized that life is not easy. And then it really hit home at age like 22 and 23, but that's still pretty late. You know, like it is, I think most people think that people figure that out at 18. Um, and that's not the case. So you can also be grateful for the fact that you got to hold on to those remaining years of like, life is easy. Life is great. And then it hit you. But like, I still come across people who haven't had that aha moment. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't relate to you, girl. <laughs> it's, you just sound like Pollyanna to me. And I can't, I love the optimism, but like, come on, I got, I've got to have a dose of reality in there. Yeah. If, if we're gonna, if we're gonna like fuck around, you know, I totally get it. And I feel like you know, anytime you're in like a season, like a challenging season or just like 
uncomfortable limbo. Like you just so badly want to get out and you like don't know the purpose and you just like can't understand why it's happening. But I've had such a year of transformation, like as it relates to like my marriage, my career, my like so much. And I've grown so much on a personal level that I'm like, okay, like I'm now at this place where I'm like grateful, even though it literally was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But I like am on the other side. I see the light, you know, and it's mm-hmm. nice. So everybody who's like feeling how I have felt literally all 11, 12 months of this year, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You will get to that part where you're transitioning into a different season of life and you're going to be like, oh, I feel like I can finally breathe again. Not everything is in place, but like you can breathe and you can see the light. So yeah, yeah. we are resilient. That is, that is a fact. We are super, super resilient. Which is great. Um, Okay, so let's dig into today's letter. I'm excited. Okay. Let's go. Dear Blush, please send help, all caps. I just turned 30 this year and have been married to my husband for three years. We don't have any kids yet, just three adorable golden retrievers who I love more than anything. This year has been a lot. And by a lot, I mean my husband lost his job due to COVID. I can relate. We had to move out of our home and downsize into an apartment. I'm stressed out of my mind with my job and terrified that I'm going to lose it. We, and we just got the news that my husband's mom has cancer. Needless to say, we are ready to wake up from this nightmare. My husband is someone who gets a lot of his self-esteem and confidence from his achievements, so getting fired took a big hit to his ego. I understand everyone is going through challenging times this year, but I need your help. All romance is gone. My love language is quality time, and his love language is physical touch, and let me tell you, we aren't getting either of those. Our quality time is overshadowed by the huge dump that life shit on our laps, and physical touch and intimacy is lacking because we both are exhausted, don't get out of our sweatpants, and quite frankly, I barely have enough energy to put food on the table, let alone muster up the energy to have sex. I'm so terrified for our marriage. So blush. How do we make time for romance when we're both just over it all? And furthermore, while I know this is a lot to handle at once, I'm nervous that if we can't get through this by leaning on each other, how are we going to survive other bumps in the road later on? Is this a red flag or is this normal? I need all the help I can get from Reignite the Spark. Oh. Reignite the Spark. I feel you on a <laughs> deep level. Amen, amen. I'm here <laughs> with you, okay? Good load. Oh. So is this a red flag or is this normal? I think this is normal. I mean, yeah, like I'm kind of reading this and I'm like, dude, the fact that y'all, that she didn't write in being like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to rip his face off. And I hate it when he breathes. <laughs> like the fact that she's talking about like, how do I make our marriage super healthy and not how do I make our marriage function Yeah, to me is like such a different paradigm you know what I mean like we're so is this normal I mean I'm gonna say yes maybe there's listeners that are like no this is not normal but I think it is I mean I think that if you have again the expectation that when other bumps in the road come it's gonna bring y'all immediately closer wow I mean I think I'm sure some you know some stressors bring you closer um I mean you know Andrew not having a job right now and California being you know 
pretty much shut down and all of that. Like, yeah, we're closer because we are literally closer. <laughs> we spend every waking second together. So, I mean, every obstacle, I guess, is going to have its outcomes. And so if you're sitting here going, well, because this particular rough patch is not immediately bringing us into each other's arms, is that a red flag? It's like, I mean, Jesus, like th those are some high expectations on your marriage. Like how she is feeling so much pressure. Yeah. And you know what? Like the sentence, if we can't get through this one by leaning on each other, like what the hell are we doing? I think sometimes it's totally fine to take a step back and like do your things separately. Like I can remember when we had our first miscarriage earlier this year. Like I was like grieving in such a different way than Carl was. And I couldn't understand that because it was like, you would think that you go, both go through the same experience that you would process it in the same way. And once I like let go of that expectation of like, we both need to handle this the same way. And we both need to like lean into each other and like be each other's support through this obviously we supported each other through it but we, part of that support was respecting the fact that we both were grieving in different ways and we needed to do that you know so I think that what you mentioned of that pressure of like having this idea of like what it should look like and also being okay like taking a step back from that and being like okay and not letting that be a signal of like doomsday or our marriage is over or something is wrong here because sometimes sometimes you just have to take that step back and just figure it out on your own, you know? Yeah. I mean, you have to release the pressure. If every single night the clock turns six and you're like, oh my God, I have to gear myself up to be physically intimate. Or he's thinking, oh my gosh, I have to gear myself up for being emotionally vulnerable. It's like, it's wow. becoming a chore. Can we just drop the expectations for at least a little bit? And then maybe y'all make a commitment to each other to like, try to be, you know, more physically expressive or emotionally expressive on Saturday. Like it sounds ridiculous, but I really do think if y'all can just live life without like, I mean, y'all have enough that you're dealing with and you're not getting a break from any of it. You know, you're mourning the fact that you had to leave your home. He's bored out of his mind. You're scared shitless about work. Now we have, you know, hopefully not a terminal illness, but no one wants to hear cancer. I mean, and you don't get a break from any of that. So yeah. at least give yourself a break, you know, to not have this like sparkly, perfect marriage right now and just let it be like y'all are totally fine to code switch. You know, Andrew and I are not always husband and wife. And I, yeah. I, I like that about ourselves. I like that we can transition out of being, you know, business partners and then best friends. And then, you know, a married couple, it's like, but we don't play the same role to each other all the time. Like definitely yeah. not. And so maybe this is a chance to evolve and, you know, develop new roles for each other that maybe don't surround you know, extreme vulnerability in sex right now. And I, I don't know. I, I think this is okay. And I think this is normal. And I don't think this is permanent. I do too. And I think also, at least for me, like my experience is these are the things that people don't usually like come to the table and like openly share with each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you and I can have these conversations. Right. But you know, I wouldn't go to just anyone and be like, yeah, Carl plays Call of Duty a lot and I want to pull my hair out, you know, like <laughs> sometimes you don't, that's like, that's your sacred space and your marriage is something that you have to protect, you know? So it's like, maybe 
reignite the spark? You know, do you have people in your life that you can openly like process through some of your frustrations with people who aren't going to judge you and your marriage by? Because I, I mean, I know I can text Callie and be like, <gasps> blah, you know, and she could be like, that's fine. Let it out. And you know, it will get better. You know, yeah. like, I am the captain now. Is <laughs> I think my exact words. I was, <laughs> that, that is the other thing. It's like, there, there does tend to be a beta and an alpha in every marriage and that does not need to be permanent either. I mean, Andrew yeah. would be like, I am the alpha. And I'm like, that's hilarious because like, not, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but we switch on and off. And so if you, I, it, it, and it sounds like you both are depleted right now. So maybe yeah. no one is in charge right now and that's okay. And you guys are taking a break, but you know, if you're, I, I, and this is the other thing I can't tell from this letter, if she is. The, the last paragraph was when I was like, okay, it seems like she's more worried about what this means. Mm -hmm. And if I were to say it means nothing, would the problem be solved? And you know, there's a 50, 50 chance that the answer is yes. It's yeah. like, yeah. Okay. If you're telling me that this is fine and normal and everyone goes through this shit, then I'm okay. Yeah. So hopefully you're good. Right. But if not, and you're saying, no, but I want things to change right now. Like none of these other things are going to change anytime soon, but I have control over this and I want to change it. Then I would say, go back to the basics, like baby steps. Right. And like, I was saying like, maybe choose Saturday and then maybe, I don't know, play certain music that gets you in the mood, you know, maybe open a bottle of red, like dim the light. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but like, don't sit here and be like, okay this is how it's going to go. Cause this is how it's always been. It's like the marriage is different. The rules are different. Your environment's different. Yeah. You got to change things up and you have to be probably intentional about it instead of being like, it'll just happen the way it always has. Right. Yeah. And same for him. Like, he's not going to be like, Hey, guess what? I feel like shit about myself because I don't have a job. It's like, that's no, you're going to have to like really think about this and kind of play detective and figure yeah. out what's going to turn his gears and what's going to turn yours. If, you're up for that challenge. Yeah. And from reading this, I don't know if y'all are, and I think you need to forgive yourselves for it and yeah. just wait until you have the energy to take this on. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you know, Andrew, yeah, Andrew doesn't have a job right now. Andrew's basically like kind of semi turned into Jesus during this year because all of a sudden his like hair's long. <laughs> got like a beard and then he's like become a carpenter <laughs> like okay stop. I love yeah. it you sent me that picture of him outside doing like woodwork I was like <laughs> yes Andrew oh my gosh we've so I mean don't get me wrong I am grateful for it like at least he's like channeling his angst into you know woodwork <laughs> and we've got all these new like we've got so many planner boxes we have, we've got all these fun things. I have a garden now. I mean, okay. because, you know, we've basically purchased the entire store of Home Depot. It's fine. It's fine. We have a tool for everything. It's fine. Um, but, you know, everyone copes with things differently, right? Like Andrew's not coming to me at the end of the day going, hey, I'm nervous. I feel upset. I feel yeah. this. He's like, hey, should we stain that wood that color? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> is what he feels like he has control over so we're gonna talk about wood stains <laughs> oh, and carl would literally be two peas in a pod i just oh, have the biggest feeling about it and i do this there are times where i have to like 
sit there and be like, oh my God, is this normal? I'm freaking out. I'm a, I'm a counselor. I'm supposed to be able to get people to open up. He's not opening up to me. Oh my God, does he not trust me? Is our marriage? And it's like, whoa, <laughs> just because you're a counselor doesn't mean the rules are different for you. <laughs> like people still are who they are and this is still tough. And if he wants to focus on carpentry, let the man focus on carpentry. <laughs> Jesus, like, like literally Jesus. I mean, it, you know, it'll, it'll work out. It'll be okay. Just give people space to grieve, give people yes. space to figure their shit out. We don't have to be on each other's backs the entire time, you know? Yeah. Just respecting other people, like the other person's experience and that it might be different than yours. And I think her question mm-hmm. of like, okay, if we're having a hard time with this, like looking into her first instinct is like looking into the future. Like how would we navigate other mm-hmm. issues that are worse later down the road? And I think like, I mean, from my own experience, like you learn so much about each other when you go through a hard time. And then next time that there's a hard time, you like already know the dance, right? Like when we had our second miscarriage, like we already knew what the fuck was up. We knew what we needed to do. We knew how we needed to do it. Like it just, not that it was any less sad or, you know, heartbreaking, but just the way that we responded in that moment was so different in the sense of like, okay, we've been here before. We know how we do this, you know, like, so I think that fear, like you learn through discomfort, you learn through challenging times. That was literally the epitome of my sparkle. So just don't think too far ahead. Just know that you're surviving right now. That's okay. Everything you're experiencing is absolutely normal. Callie and I are here to attest to that. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Elise, you said something before where you were like, you know, you have to give someone else their their right to their own experience. But you also have to give yourself yeah. right to your own experience. And if your reaction to stress is, I don't want to be intimate, then by forcing yourself to be intimate, you're basically in denial and saying, okay, I'm not under stress, which like, what kind of mixed message is that, that you don't deserve to grieve, that you don't deserve space to figure this out on your own, that your needs aren't important. Like, no, you know, and, and I get it. I understand that on the surface, it feels like you're sacrificing your marriage for your own needs, but I just, I disagree. I understand how people's thought process can get there. Like you got to show up for your marriage every single day. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) but some days are going to look different than others. And this is a season, right? As Elise said, like, this is, this is not permanent. And unfortunately, girl, you don't get to extrapolate what this is going to look like from here on out. Like, I mean, I was just talking about the fact that people change and people grow and people realize that like being married to expectations is really dumb. Like you're married to a human being, Uh, you know, we're flawed, we grow, we evolve. And so I think giving yourself that permission and that space and like, that's how you build resiliency. Right. And the fact that Elise and Carl were, were able to grieve on their own the first time, you know, tragedy struck that's why they could lace up and figure it out. And they had like an easy way to be like, okay, we've done this before, but that doesn't mean it has to look the same. Yeah, totally. I think just like giving, giving yourself grace, giving your partner grace, giving your marriage grace, giving this year grace. We're just, we're just surviving. Okay. And whatever that looks like is totally fine. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Amen. So maybe not the advice you were expecting. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm concerned she was, she thought we were going to be like, okay, so on Monday, we're going to watch <laughs> a sexy movie. <laughs> nope. Instead, we're like, girl, this is normal and embrace the slothiness of your life and your marriage for right now, because it will go back to normal if you guys want it to. Okay. Yep. If you don't want it to go back to normal and you realize, right. And that sometimes happens. Sometimes pressure makes things break from what I'm reading. Nothing is broken. And you know what? Sometimes a plan is not going to fix your situation. Okay. Yeah. Coming from a girl who has a plan usually for everything, like no fucking plan was going to get me out of this year. So just like, it's okay to just sit with you where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Not again, probably not what you were expecting, but for us to be like, you know, the girls who are normally like, here's, here's how to spring into action. Here's what to do. And we're like, don't change anything. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Stop being mean to yourself. Stop being mean to your marriage. Like let your marriage sit and like stop picking it apart and just like, let it be like, that's, you just, you just don't need extra pressure and extra stress. Should, like I you sing, should I sing Let It Go by Frozen? <laughs> let Maybe. it go. <laughs> let it go. That's all I know. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen that movie. I, I do know Adele Nazim. Yes, I haven't seen that movie either. Adele Nazim. John Travolta will never be forgiven for that in my mind. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that instead of berating you more for being stressed out, we're going to have this podcast wind down because I think you know what to do. I hope you know what to do, which is just relax, focus on you, give your husband space, let those golden retrievers work their magic. Dogs in the world. I love golden retrievers. They are just Oh, they're so great. I mean, I, you know, obviously I, well, not obviously I wanted a dog and Andrew wanted a cat. So we compromised and we got two cats, but I, I really didn't want a golden retriever. It's so great. So cute. And like, just like the happiest little yeah. thing. So just hug on them and they will have everything be okay. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. I, I'm glad that you were with us for another week. I hope anyone listening also got some nuggets out of this. I hope everyone can give themselves some grace for this crazy year and forgive themselves and just, you know, be, be nice, be nice to yourself is the lesson for the day. Um, okay. So if you have a dilemma that you're trying to work through or need advice or anything of the sort, remember to write us at blushyou at joinblush.com. And then if you actually want some like super tailored advice where you can actually respond to us and be like, nope, that's not the situation. And then give us more information so that we can actually, you know, give you what you're looking for. Then I suggest using promo code blush, you all caps for 25% off your first month with a life coach, because it's going to be great. And we love our clients and we want to hear from you and help you guys out because this year has sucked and we are here for all of you. Amen. Amen. Okay. Tune in next week. We've got more coming your way. Bye. Bless you. Bye.